Welcome to the A Better Way to Farm podcast, where we share serious secrets about profitable farming. We appreciate you taking the time to join us, and we hope that you'll love the knowledge we share not only with you today, but also in future episodes. So let's get right into it. Hey everyone, Tyler here with A Better Way to Farm, where we spend each and every day providing solutions for farmers to grow better crops and to make more money. Today we've got a cool podcast. We've got Kelly Roeder from Northwest Iowa on the other line, and we're excited about Kelly talking to us because he's going to do something that is a little bit difficult for me to explain. It's something that is, I think, critical in raising crops and, and taking them kind of to the next level. But uh, but yeah, we're going to be talking about tissue testing. And so Kelly's a grower from, like I said, from Northwest Iowa, uh, raising corn and soybeans. He's been on the team for a few years now, and we asked him to to jump on board and kind of give his thoughts on on tissue testing and and give you guys some advice that are listening on on kind of how to do that and how to move forward. So Kelly, take it away, man. We're excited to have you on board. Sure. So my name is Kelly Roeder. We farm up in very corner of northwest Iowa. Uh, we're about 30 miles from Minnesota and about 50 miles from South Dakota border. I've been farming myself for about uh, five years. My dad passed away in 2015 and I did not farm with them at the time. Um, and I took over the farm at that point and kind of been learning as we go, I guess, uh, without a lot of guidance, I guess, you know, as a lot of family farmers would usually have. I'd I didn't have a lot of that. So mostly we uh been doing corn on corn for the last uh, four years. Now this year we started working in uh, some soybeans back in rotation. We've done silage for several years. And it was just time to pull out of the silage program and, and try to get into some rotation again a little bit. So Yeah, and so, you know, I want to make mention that you are, you know, part of the A Better Way to Farm team. And, you know, when, when the people that are listening to the podcast – they, they see the Facebook page and all that stuff. You are a part of that team as well. But not only are you a grower, you're also, like I said, a part of the team and a part of the sales support. So you are doing that, and there's some backstory there uh, as well. But the biggest thing we kind of wanted to talk about was for growers that were interested in doing, I'm going to say kind of the, I don't want to say the next level because because there is a company out there, that, well, there's a lot of people out there saying that the next level this, the next level that. But just to dive deeper into kind of the plant nutrition and, and some of the things that they um, can can help their crops along the way. You know, we're you're already using the system. You you know, if you listen to the podcast or the Facebook page, and we're all about liquid systems. We're all about efficiency and, and giving the plant what it needs at the you know at the right kind of following the four hours right time right product right source right rate and all that stuff. So for the growers that are listening to us, kind of explain taking things down to the next level. So we talk about some soil tests and once we get the soil tests back, we, we go through Midwest labs, but then from those soil tests, can you kind of explain kind of what you do and the growers that you work with? Can you explain kind of how, how you, uh, how you kind of move that process on from there? Yeah. So, uh, like you said, we, I've been, uh, part of the better way to farm team, uh, since 2016, I believe is when I went through the first pearl egg. And at that time we were pretty green on the, uh, farming thing. You know, in the past, I just, yeah, a lot of, when I tell the story of pearl egg and when we do the uh, farmer panels, you know, to me, it was a lot of, you know, didn't quite understand all the 
nutritional side behind everything. And we always had manure. We've got three hog confinements. And, and so we've always had manure. And if you didn't have enough manure, you, you know, as far as I knew, the elevator went out and, and did their dry broadcast program. And, and uh, the fall of 2015 was a pretty tough year, uh, really. But we, we had some yields that, you know, it was, we were like in the upper 160s. Yep. And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, and about the same time that we were getting the silo adjustments back, I had heard a video from, it was a Randy Dowdy video that he had done maybe a year or two earlier that, that talked about stop the insanity and how do we get to 400 bushel corn or 500 bushel corn or whatever it was. And, and then Greg Sauter also did from 360 Yield Center and Precision did a video at the same time about 400 bushel corn. And I'm looking at my yields, and I know we live in some really good dirt. And, uh, you know, and so I'm looking at my yields going, man, if these guys are growing 300, 400, 500 bushel corn, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> yeah. And that's where I got started with responding to a Facebook uh, ad for, you know, looking for a couple farmers in our area. And it happened to be a better way to farm. And, and I'd reached out to Rod and went to my first pro egg. Yep. And so, yeah, we come out of pro egg and, and you know, your head hurts because there's so much information thrown at you. Yeah. And I mean, it's just. You know, it's just unbelievable. And because of that, uh, then, yeah, we started getting into doing the soil sampling and, and kind of looking at where things are at, um, looking through old records and some different things. But one of the things that we talked about that we talk about quite a bit at um, at the pro eggs is uh, tissue testing. Yep. And so when we meet with growers, a lot of times they're talking with, with new guys that are looking to join the team. Uh, a lot of times I'll ask you if, if they've been doing any tissue testing in the past. And a lot of times, you know, we struggle just enough to get guys to pull consistent soil samples, uh, let alone tissue sample. Most guys I talk to do not tissue sample and, or they have in the past, but they don't know what to do with it. Yes. And so that's, that's where in the last few years, uh, really took off with looking at uh, a lot of tissue sampling. So, you know, based on our soil samples, when we get that map back from when we send them in through the Conklin system and through, and, and we get the recommendations back to what we're going to do for a, you know, a starter program or with a, you know, maybe a two by two and, and, uh, we get started on that. Then the next step to go after that has got to be looking at tissue samples because your tissue sample, you know, you, you hear a lot of pushback on, you know, well, it's just a snapshot in time and, if you only do one a season, you know, you, that's true. But to me, you have to be consistent and pull tissue samples at least, you know, maybe every other week or, you know, every third week or at, you know, certain stages um, because we need to know what we're doing either in our starter program or in our two-by-two two program that, that it's working and it's getting into the plant and we're seeing a response from it. Um, you know, after – if you're not seeing a response or, or things, you know, your tissue samples are coming back deficient in something, you know, that plant is deficient. Uh, that's going to be your limiting factor. Uh, so, we, you know, we talked about the, the Libro's or Libro's uh, barrel or whatever with the, the stage. So if you're short on copper or you're short on boron, you're not going to be able to usually tell that just by looking at the plant, you know, and a lot of times you can have a healthy looking plant, looking at it from the naked eye, but then when you pull a sample and you're like, oh man, I got, you know, calcium that's out of whack, you wouldn't have known that if you didn't take a, a tissue sample. So we, Absolutely. you know, the tissue sample is another huge part 
that I, it goes hand in hand. It's another tool. It goes hand in hand with uh, the soil sampling so that you know what you're doing with your broadcast, you know what's working with and getting into the plant. You're seeing the uh, plant nutrient uptake response from that as well. Yeah, and I'm glad that you said it goes hand in hand with soil sampling because we constantly talk with people um, <clears throat> that that may view tissue sampling as as a replacement for a soil test. And that's one of the things where, where we say, no, absolutely not, because we need to know what's in the soil and we're going to, we're going to build a, a recommendation system based off of what's in your soil. But then you need to take that from the soil and, and through that plant. So can you kind of give kind of your thoughts on, on those people and those questions that, that come up about, well, you know, should I do one or the other or both? Yeah, to me, to me, I would do both. Um, absolutely. You know, if soil doesn't change that dramatically, I mean, unless you're doing some major, uh, nutrient loads, I guess, of, you know, whether you're doing a bunch of lime or calcium or, or, uh, you know, you're doing a, a bunch of manure or something where you're looking to change some PK really fast, you know, really soil doesn't change all that fast. You know, so to me, if you, if you're looking at, you know, and if I sent a tissue sample in, it cost me 22 bucks per tissue sample. Well, you're not going to go out and tissue sample every acre like you do if you're, you're, you're soil sampling or doing a grid on tissue sampling. You basically right. want to figure out, you know, some areas where it's really good or it's really bad or you want to, you know, different hybrids even respond differently. Um, you know, so what I do myself on our farms is I pull a sample from every different hybrid I have. So if I've got a quarter or an 80, you know, I'll have two, two different hybrids planted in an 80 or a quarter. I'll have three different hybrids or four different hybrids. So I'll go out and I'll pull, you know, a sample out of each hybrid. And then usually we'll, we'll pull it every, every other week. I pull on a Monday. Um, because what I'm, what I'm really trying to do is, is graph. And what I do at the end of the year, then is I'll take those and I put them in a Excel spreadsheet and make a graph. Um, so you can watch how nutrient changes in the plant as the year goes on um so you know what we had seen in the first couple of years we really did a lot of tissue sampling i was consistently deficient in calcium and magnesium early on in the plant's life until we got on into d10 d12 d14 then we would see it start to spike well when you understand you know what the nutrients are doing this you know there's 17 different nutrients that the plant needs or corn plant needs you know, we talk a lot about corn, I guess, but soybeans aren't a whole lot different. Right. But there's, there's, you know, different, 17 basically different nutrients that they need. So, you know, if, when you understand what those are doing, you know, like take calcium, for example, I think, you know, that's one thing that a lot of guys don't understand is what calcium does in the plant, how it drives uh, nutrient uptake. Yeah. And so if you're deficient in the first, you know, 10, 10 uh, these stages of that plant's life, that you could have had a lot more nutrient uptake early on. You would have had a bigger plant, healthier plant, you know, bigger leaves. It would have pushed through the growth stages a little faster. Um, but a lot of times that doesn't show up. You can't see that as a deficiency with the naked eye. Um, so that's where the tissue sampling, you know, would tell you, or what it's told us, I guess, is is early on, we throw a pint of calcium in with our starter, and then uh, my first foliar feed at E4 always has a pint of calcium because on my soils, uh, we struggle with getting enough calcium early in that plant. Yep. Um, 
and we keep messing, you know, I keep tweaking my own mix just a little bit more every year based on what my tissue samples have been in the past. And, you know, this year I really feel, uh, you know, we're getting really close to uh, getting stuff figured out on at least how my soil reacts with uptake. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those things that guys do not pay enough attention to. Sure. So. And, and so, and, and, you know, the other kind of the other side of that is that not only do you need to do it kind of like you're saying, you know, you take the soil test, you start there and then you kind of figure out what's working in, in your own, you know, the hybrids that you're planting and all that stuff and, and taking those tissue, you know, it, it like V4, V8, V12, you know, on the, you know, all the way up, you're going to take three, four, five a year, something like that, maybe more. But the other side of that is, you know, once you start getting those samples back, that's one of the things that we talk about in our pro ag programs as well is that, you know, we get it. There's a lot of people out there that say tissue testing and foliar fertilizers, it doesn't work and it doesn't pay. And we know that it does work and that it does pay. So do you kind of want to elaborate on that a little bit when, when you get those test results back? Um, how, how, how do you know? How are you confident? What are the things that you do to make sure that that application of those nutrients is the most effective, most efficient way possible? Sure. So one of the things that's unique with our system, with the Conklin system, and it's similar with our, with our soil samples. So when we get a tissue sample result back, um, not only do we have the, the results, we use Midwest labs for all of our, uh, testing, but so we get Midwest labs results back. Uh, but then we get a second page with ours that has a foliar mix prescription. And so what, what happens is if you're, you know, say you're short on manganese, zinc, and, and copper, we'll get a sheet back with a prescription that says, okay, you might, you know, based on these levels, you need, you know, a quarter, quarter pint of copper, you might need a half a pint of zinc, and you might need two pints of manganese. And from what I've found, I mean, I haven't found anybody else that has a system that's so specific. I think we get down to, you know, within two ounces an acre of a micro being that so specific. And so we'll get that back. And then you go out and, and, you know, what we like to do our first full year, we take tissue samples at V2 or V3. And then we want to have that first full year done at V4 to maybe early V5, preferably V4. So you'll have that loadout sheet or basically your prescription map or um, prescription uh, sheet. Mm-hmm. You go out, make your, your tank mix and you go out and you full your what's, what's deficient in that plant. So instead of, you know, going to the elevator and, and, or cooperative and they pull a tissue sample and they say, Oh yeah, it looks like you're a little short here and here and here. Well, we have this all-in product yep. that, you know, we can go out and, you know, I don't know, man, one core is good, but it says we can do one to two quarts. Well, let's just do two quarts and make sure we're good. Then we'll just blow it out. And, yeah, it's not really calling for for uh, iron or, you know, whatever would be in it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and but we're going to put it out anyway. Well, I mean, we know that not only can you have a deficiency, but you can also have a toxicity. So. Yes. When you get to that point where you're throwing, you know, an all-in product, I mean, let's say you're you're really high in zinc. You've just got naturally high zinc levels in your soil and they're in the plant. And we do a, you know, ZMD mix or, or whatever product. 
Um, you throw that in there and you throw that zinc even higher, it's going to have a negative effect on something else. And so now all of a sudden you have antagonistic issues in the plant. So, you know, ours is very specific where, you know, if you only need boron, it's only going to call for just boron. And that's all you're going to put in your tank mix and you're going to go out and you're going to foliar, you know, at what we think is the proper time of day and, and at the proper rates and get it out and, and do it. So, yep. And so that's the other thing that I was kind of alluding to. So not only do you need to use the right products and, you know, we, we always promote, if you listen to anything that we do, it's, it's always, you know, softer chemistries and pure high quality products. But the other thing that we know is, is kind of some timings, not only in the, the crop growth stage, but also the timing of the day that you kind of alluded to as well. So would, would that be okay to ask you to explain those two things? Sure. You know, and there's been enough uh, different studies out there. I think even Beck's had a uh, study on fungicide timing. And, you know, a lot of times, a lot of guys, they want to make the, the least amount of trips across the field as possible. Right. And so if we can throw it in, you know, the question always comes up, can we put it in with our herbicide mix? Well, you know, a lot of times your custom applicator will. And, you know, because you don't want to pay that, you know, six, six and a half, seven bucks for the extra trip at a different time or whatever. And, and uh, what we recommend is, you know, your herbicide, most of your herbicide things are sprayed during the daytime. It needs to have, you know, a higher rate of, of water as a carrier, you know, 10, 15, 20 gallons as a carrier. And you're doing it, you know, usually full sunlight right in the middle of the day. Uh, with a foliar mix is, is really completely opposite uh, when we're trying to feed the plant. Yep. So we want to be out and we want to spray really late evening, you know, eight, nine o'clock at night or really early or any time in between. Yep. And, you know, a lot of times myself on our farm, we, we make a tank mix up at seven thirty at night and I start spraying at nine o'clock. Yep. And a lot of times I don't get done till three, four in the morning because what we're trying to do, that plant needs to relax. So, you know, during the day when, when the sunshine and it's hot out, it's pulling water up into the plant. At night, that plant relaxes and it, the sugars that it processes made during the day, it turns around and it's pushing those sugars back out down through the roots. So when we're trying to full your feed, all we're trying to do is just stimulate that plant and give it a little bit of nutrient for it to make uh, a little bigger root system and, and maybe green it up a little more and, and make the whole photosynthesis process uh, to work a little bit better. Um, to make more sugars. I mean, really, that's all it is, just a sugar factory. Yep. And so when we spray at night, the stomata opens up on the plant, it relaxes, it takes in our foliar mix, and it pushes it back down through the roots and basically turns around, gets reabsorbed in, or it gets absorbed into the leaves and used at that point. So what happens a lot of times when they do guys do a foliar mix and they say, oh, I tried that once and I didn't see any response to it. Well, one, you either had the wrong products or you, or you had a product that was, you know, inferior. It wasn't meant to be as a foliar or it was cheaper for whatever reason. Or a lot of times where guys actually screw up more is the fact that they sprayed it at the wrong time of day with the wrong, uh, rate. And what we try to do too is, is you're just wanting to mist your foliar on. So you want to be out with high pressure, uh, with like a stainless cone tip jet, um, you know, put it on three, three and a half gallons, max an acre. Yep. And you just want to come in and you just want to mist it and let it fall and land on those leaves without washing it off. We don't need a, you know, 15 or 20 gallon an acre 
solution to try and, and wet the plant. We just want very minimal uh, to come in. And so we do it at night when the plant's relaxed, and we do it with a very low volume so and high pressure. We want we want super small atomization. Um, in fact, when, when, you know, that sun is first going down, you know, at 9.30, 10, 10.30 at night when it's just a little bit light, when you get down to the other end and you turn around and you look back and you just, it almost looks like a fog, you know, that's about perfect as far as getting a full year on. Yeah, and so, you know, I think a lot of people can actually kind of relate that to uh, when they see a helicopter or an airplane spraying fungicide. You know, that's kind of the look that we want. We want to see that fog and, and you're just, you just cannot do it at noon, one thirty in the afternoon when it's 95 degrees out. And the sun's baking everything down. You just cannot, even if you have the right products, it's still the wrong time. So, you know, again, kind of goes back to those four R's. You know, that's something that I I could have a discussion all day, every day about the four R's and how it's getting misused um, and misrepresented uh, in the ag industry all over the place. And that's kind of one of them that, that drives me absolutely nuts. So... You know, the, yeah, the, absolutely. so the, you know, talking about tissue testing here, you know, what I guess I would say, you know, even on the, the, the management level, you know, if guys are listening to this, they're like, you know what, I wouldn't mind doing some more tissue testing or, you know, kind of sticking my foot in here, maybe, maybe, you know, trying it on a few acres or something like that. What are some recommendations you could give to some of the growers out there that, that haven't quite done it yet, that would like to do a little bit more of it, you know, get more involved, what what would your suggestion be? Well, I guess the first thing is open an account with us. If you don't have an account that processes your tissue through Conklin, that's the first thing you need to do. Second, you just need to be consistent. You know, don't go out and just decide to do a random, you know, today I'm going to tissue sample and, and just see what it says. We look at certain specific growth stages that are really important. So if you want to dabble in it a little bit, do a tissue sample at V3 or V4 first. Run it through the system, have it come back, and then, you know, analyze what the results are and what the recommendations would be. You know, to me, that's that's the first stage you want to look at. That's the most critical. We're looking at setting rows around on that year at that point. It tells you how your your starter mix worked if you're running starter or a two-by-two system or a broad, even a broadcast. It'll tell you how that that's working early on because, you know, at that point, if you're testing at R1 or VT or whatever, you have no idea what happened previous before that, you know, why those samples look the way they are. So start early. And then the next thing that, that you want to do is I like to run, you know, I, I've got a 12-row planner. I like to pull tissues from all 12 rows on the planner across that path. Oh, sure. As wide as the, the planner pass is, just in case we have any variance between the starter or the 2 by 2 or whatever, try to get... You know, so you're not pulling six through 12 and then, you know, the next to it is 12 through six rows. I like to run 12, one through 12 and then mark that spot. And if you're going to do every other week or once a month or whatever it be, go back and pull tissue samples from the same area every time you pull a sample. So, you know, not on the same plant, obviously, but the, you know, if you're going to run one sample one week, walk down another 20 feet and grab a sample the next time in the same rows and, and try to stay consistent in the same area. Uh, so that if you if you're going to try and build a database, you can look at it and in your you know not from a high point one day and and the next time you pull it down in a bottom somewhere and 
you know, it can be completely different that way too. So, and then the other thing too is, is learn. So Midwest Labs has their, uh, it's like a tissue analysis booklet that they have out that tells you the different stages. Um, that's something too, that is very important to learn and understand your stages of corn, you know, understand what a, what a actual leaf collar is. And it's amazing. There's a lot of guys that just because the leaf is out, you know, they think, Oh, we're at V3 or V4 or V5, whatever. And, there's a difference in a fully collared leaf versus just a leaf that's that's almost a full leaf. And so you want to make sure that you're always pulling a collared leaf all the way through the vegetative growth uh, stages. And then when we get into past VT or VT and past, uh, then we want to pull the, the uh, leaf that's below and opposite of the ear leaf. And so those are really, you know, two things, too, that you want to be very consistent with. And, and, and then the other thing is I like to pull... You know, I don't have the perfect planner set up, so we do have a little variance in emergence once in a while. Uh, make sure that you, the plants you're pulling tissue from, that they're in the same growth stages together, that you're not pulling, you know, one might be a V4 and the next one might be a V5, you know, or a, a V10 and a V11 or something. Make sure that you're pulling the same leaf on every plant and trying to be as accurate as you can. And then, yeah, one other little tip too. I see a lot of guys, I like to pull when we're doing small plants, you know, that V3, we try to pull the whole plant. Uh, I just pull the plant out. I, I carry scissors with me. I snip the roots off and I like to grab three samples per row, uh, that I'm grabbing. So I'll send in 24 little plants or when we get into V5, V6, when we start pulling actual leaves, I'll just stack the leaves on top of each other and then I snip off the top and the bottom and they slide into a bag really nicely. And, um, that's all they need is just the middle section anyway. So, yep. yeah. And so that's some great advice. And the best part is, is that that's nothing that, that we came up with this crazy system or anything like that. We literally have worked with Midwest labs since 1971. Um, we've had a system in place with them for over 30 years now. We, that's nothing new to us. You know, it's not like we've just started doing this stuff. And, you know, it's interesting that, you know, it's actually kind of a practice that, you know, just like some soil health and everything like that, it's kind of, kind of becoming into the, the limelight a little bit. And, you know, here we are, we've been doing this for, for years and years and years as a company. So yeah, you know, Midwest Labs is a great resource. That's why we use them for, Absolutely everything that we do, not only soil and tissue testing, but whether you're testing our fertilizer, someone else's fertilizer, your water source, any of that stuff, anything that you're going to test on your farm, absolutely run it through Midwest Labs. And I appreciate you mentioning them opening up an account so that they can take advantage of the, the Conklin system. And when they run those tests through and how it comes back in the in the kind of the Conklin portal that we've got as well. So, you know, you, like I said, you're on the team. Um, you're very knowledgeable. You're a part of the sales side. So why don't you let the growers out there know how to kind of get a hold of you? If anybody has any questions or anything like that, how can they reach out to you? Yeah. Uh, they can call anytime. Uh, my number is 605-759-1615. You know, I love looking at that samples. Uh, we've got quite a few days that that send me stuff and, and I like to, you know, whether it's, it's our stuff or elevator co-op, you know, whoever, I like to get a bunch of different data and, and I don't know, I'm kind of a nerd that way, I guess. And I like looking at it and if guys got questions, you know, I've got a, a lot of information that can be passed along. And the thing I love about the, a better way to farm is, 
you know, the team that we have, you know, there's so many, and we, we kind of joke about sales agronomists and, you know, they're always looking to sell you something. And, you know, a lot of times what we go through with, with, within a better way to farm and going through a pro egg uh, training and that kind of stuff is, is a lot of times it's not even necessarily product. I mean, we have product if, if you need it, but you know, sometimes it's just a difference in practice, you know, just changing up how you apply all of your nitrogen or, you know, how you're applying your P and K or timings. You know, we mm-hmm. talk a lot about the four R's that, you know, a lot of times if you take the four R's and you put it to a sales uh, agronomist, pitch um it looks a little different than when you're looking at a uh 4r approach from us you know and so you know yeah a lot of times it just with our group i mean you know when we look at tasting stuff it might be you know just say you got to look at this or you got to do change this for next year you got to look at doing something a little bit different and you don't know until you start testing you know if a lot of times i know denny damon when he did the pro eggs you know talked about too like a blood work you know, you go into a doctor for blood work, they're not just going to operate on you before they know what's wrong with you. <laughs> right. uh, so, you know, that's where we look at doing the tissue sampling and the soil sampling is so important because we need to have a diagnosis to even know what's wrong first, and then we can fix it and, and adjust to what we need to. You know, sometimes, yeah, some of these guys have been doing way too much NP and K and, and spend a lot of money, and that's not where they that's not where their limiting factor is. It's usually something different. And until you start testing that and talk with some guys that, that understand it, like our team does, a lot of times you don't see that. Right. And you know, kind of with that being said, you know, Rod has released a podcast that he talks about some of his sayings. And and so if you're on the team or you're somebody that works with us, you'll hear him. Or even if you just watch the, the Facebook page, the the lives and stuff you'll hear him say a couple different things you know but the biggest one is that the end user is always the one that gets the best deal and you know that's something that we all you know we all work together but that's something that we all believe in we want the end user the grower to get the absolute best deal and you know i know from experience coming out from the co-op system that unfortunately there are times where the end user is not the one that gets the best deal. Sometimes it's the agronomy manager that, you know, is getting the the free trip or the free TV or the free shotgun or whatever it is because, you know, he's purchasing so much product. And, you know, that's that's where what we do is, is I view as completely different than what you're going to see out of most retail locations. And, you know, that just, I appreciate you saying that because I just, I just want to drive that home that, you know, how much we, we, we truly want the end user to get the best deal. So, you know, yeah, Kelly, I, I, I always have to ask, uh, you mentioned the, the grower panel that we do with those pro ag trainings. So I, I always ask for, for one, one last little nugget as we kind of wrap this thing up and put a bow on it and send it. What is kind of that one or two things that, that you're going to tell the audience that listen to these podcasts What's that? What's that one or two things that, that these guys, these growers that are listening to this, they, they just have to do? Oh, I would. I mean, number one to me is you got to go to Pro Egg, and you got to go to more than one. I mean, it's impossible to get all of the information. I mean, I've been to in the last four years. You know, I went to quite a few of them last year, just traveling with our with our team or whatever too. But yep. you know, even before that, I think I went to eight or nine of them. Um, and every time I leave there with new notes and and what's always amazing to me is there's so much information. So as you're going through, 
you know, and you're thinking about something or you've seen something on your farm last year or, or whatever, and you'll miss the next part because you're thinking about that. And, um, and then you go to the next to the next pro egg and it's like, I don't remember them talking about that. And, <laughs> yeah. and then you got, you know, then you end up with more notes on a different section and, yep. um, you know, so yeah, there is so much information. You just, you, you can't take it all in and you got to make a point of going. Um, the other thing that I think with the, with the pro eggs, um, you know, not only are you, you've got a bunch of different growers. I mean, every meeting is kind of this way to a point, but you got a, a lot of different growers that, that you can talk to and be open with, you know, it's not a competition. Uh, I get frustrated with some of these other meetings I go to and you start talking to guys and, and they clam up. They don't want to talk about what their yields were, what, you know, it's at your local, you know, herbicide dealer meeting or whatever. And, and it's always seems like it's a competition with some of these guys who don't want to talk. Well, the guys that are at the pro egg meetings are looking for something different. And these are the guys that are, uh, progressive. They're thinking outside of the box a little bit. You know, they're, they're maybe doing a little more of the tissue testing or they're doing a little more of consistent soil sampling or they're running some starter and some liquid on their, on their planter. Um, and so what we see with, with the group that we go to pro eggs with is these guys are very open to talking about what they've tried, what didn't work, uh, what, what they want to do different next year. And, and you kind of, get some excitement that, you know, you're not shut down that, you know, oh, that, that idea is dumb. It's, you know, you, you talk to some of these guys and you go, huh, you know, I didn't, I didn't think about that. That's a great point or, yep. or whatever. So, you know, those are a couple things that, you know, as far as going to pro egg, it's, it's almost, to me, it's a must. That's a starting point. Absolutely. Um, and if you've been to one, you got to go to a second one, you got to go to a third one. You got to be consistent with going to, uh, these meetings and, and keeping with the farmers that are in the same mindset that you are. It's very easy to get frustrated, you know, especially this year and well, yeah. the last three years, it's yes. either been, you know, really wet or we planted really late or we had a horrible fall or, you know, this year we're, you know, we watched our crop in the last five days, literally fall on its face. And, yep. you know, it's very easy to get down. Uh, but when you, when you meet with, when you talk with some of these guys and you hang out with our team and you get this, this new, revitalized energy, I guess you'd say, of, of we know we're on the right path. We just keep chugging forward and, and, you know, we're going to get there. We'll, we're going to hit, we're going to hit some big, big breakthroughs in the next couple of years for sure. So. Absolutely. Well, Kelly, thank you very much for that, man. I really appreciate the time. I really enjoyed the conversation and everything that you're doing on the team. I'm excited about as we move forward and, and everything else. So thank you very much, man. appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, that's one thing that Kelly really brings to the team is that that knowledge, that research. You know, I, I didn't want to call him a nerd, but since he called himself a nerd, I'm going to go ahead and repeat it. And, you know, that's one of the things that I look up to when I talk with Kelly because I know that he has done the research, he's got the information, and he has created kind of a, a system within the system to make sure that that he's doing the right thing, but also the growers that he works with is doing the right thing. And then that's the coolest part about the team that that we're on is that we can all bounce ideas off each other and we can call on Kelly and, and say, Hey man, you know, we got this deal going on, help us out, explain the situation and, and go from there. How are you doing it? How do we do it better? So on and so forth. So Kelly's a phenomenal resource. And I, I think you could tell in, in this conversation that we had his passion for the business, but also his passion for knowledge and learning 
and and kind of taking things from you know it's not just about NPK anymore it's more about a system but also continuing to to work with that system and manipulate that system in a manner that's right for you so you know thank you guys very much again for taking your time to listen to this podcast go ahead like the podcast go ahead leave a review if if there's something you guys want to hear or listen to let us know share it with your friends jump on a better way to farm on facebook if you haven't done it already share that with your friends like the page follow the page and let's get that thing over 100,000 people. Thank you very much for your time, y'all. Take care, and we hope that you have a better day. Thank you for joining us this week on the A Better Way to Farm podcast. If you found value in this episode, we would appreciate you rating us on iTunes or simply sharing with a friend. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and tune in next time for serious secrets about profitable farming.